0: to get passionate about the things we're passionate about, right? Technologists are passionate about technology and they want to build the best product out there that is like very sophisticated technology. But at the end of the day, if customers are not willing to pay you for that, then it's not sustainable over time.
1: Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by JVentures, Ventures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley, in partnership with Lumi Tech, and sponsored by Hippo Insurance, touring Upwist Labs and Hello at Stanford. Welcome everyone to episode 377. I have with me Limor Sinai, Director of Solution Engineering at Akamai Technologies. Limor is an enthusiastic technology leader with extensive experience in enterprise software delivery, operations, and product management, currently a pre-sales director at Akamai Technologies. A graduate of MIT Sloan School of Business, she spent her career building customer technical teams and startups. She also served in the IDF and developed drones for the defense industry. Limor Sinai, <laughs> welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. How are you? Very good. Very
0: good. I'm after my second shot, which makes me super excited. Super excited. Amazing. It's, a
1: new, it's <laughs> a new age. It's
0: a new world.
1: It's a new age. It's a new world. And where in the world are you talking to me right now?
0: Uh, I am in Newton, Massachusetts, which is a suburb of Boston.
1: Wow. I've never been there before. I haven't been to Boston, but not specifically there. Uh, So, uh, Limon, we have a, a lot to talk about. Because both on, on the technology side and the high-tech side as a pre-sales director at Akamai Technologies, but also a graduate of MIT Sloan School of Business, uh, which is uh, simply incredible. And you, you've spent a quite meaningful time in your career building customer technical teams within startups. And I'm looking forward to hearing about that, but I'm also looking forward to picking your brain about the ecosystem in general. And as uh, in females in the ecosystem, we're seeing a quite dramatic shifts in the recent years. I bet that... In, in many perspectives, in my own, it's not as dr- it's not dramatic enough and it's not fast, not dr- near, it's not really fast it's
0: slow. enough. It's slow, it's painfully slow.
1: <laughs> yeah, you, exactly, I you, you touched exactly on, on where I was alluding to that. And, and I look forward to hearing your perspective more on that. And we'll have some fun questions later on and I'm looking forward to just hearing your journey and picking your brain Thanks. on these topics. So Limol, take me back a little bit, but before we talk about startups and ecosystem, talk to me about gymnastics.
0: Oh wow, <laughs> that was way back. So I, I was that was my dream. My real dream was to be an Olympic gymnast, and uh, I trained uh, in the U.S. I was a New Yorker. When I got to Israel as a teen, I joined the Israeli national gymnastics team, and I was training actually with Ali Reisman's coach. I, I don't know. Do you know Ali Reisman from the Olympics? I
1: know by the I know by the name, but I don't know why. So She, she was
0: one of the U.S. Uh, you know, one of the U.S. Uh, leaders won many medals in the Olympics. Quite a remarkable athlete. Uh, so yeah, I trained with her coach, and uh, I didn't quite make it there. Hence <laughs> <That's> why I <laughs> moved. I moved on to technology. It wasn't
1: that good, but it was a fun experience. Wait, wait, wait. But, but you won sixth place in the Ronrad World Championship. Is that how you say it?
0: Yes, yes, Ronrad. So uh, because I wasn't an Olympic level athlete, I had to find another sport. Ronrad was the one that found me and uh, I won sixth place. You'd have to look it up on Wikipedia. Uh, to know what that is, I'll challenge. So i I'll looked, challenge a group here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I looked it up on Wikipedia. I'm, see, I'm seeing a huge wheel, and it also it almost looks like a roller coaster.
0: Yes, it it, it is. It's uh, literally, uh, yeah, it's kind of a big wheel that you do gymnastics on, and it was a very fun sport. And uh, at least and I made it there, amazing. sixth place in the world.
1: <laughs> well, uh, that's a, a much more than I think I could ever imagine for myself. So, so congratulations on that. Transitioning more to MIT Sloan School of Business, one of the best business schools in the world, building customer technical teams, tech ecosystem. Tell me a little bit about your journey into the ecosystem and where you're at right now.
0: So um, I've really spent the majority of my career using technology to solve business problems. And and that was even before I came to to business school, Um, but certainly after. And I've done that in a variety of ways, whether in the services and the post sale side of the house or the sales side of the house and small startups and larger companies and a variety of industries. The one shared passion that I have is always being on the front lines with the customer because the customer is the essence of the business. You've got to serve those customers. You've got to build products for the customers. The customers have to be willing to pay you for those products if customers don't exist, you're, you know, it's, it's just not going to work out.
1: Um, so will, Imora, I'm going to stop you yeah. already because you're, you're explaining it as if it's not obvious and you're right. It's not obvious to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Why is it not obvious? Why?
0: Um, because we tend to get passionate about the things we're passionate about, right? Technologists are passionate about technology and they want to build the best product out there. That is like very sophisticated technology, but. At the end of the day, if customers are not willing to pay you for that, then it's not sustainable over time. I think I'm the, uh, you know, I'm the nine out of 10 startups that are not unicorns and they don't make it. And and I've never done a big exit. So I think maybe that's part of my scars in terms of you've got to have something out there that customers are, are willing to pay you for that is sustainable over the long run.
1: Right. So that makes a lot of sense. And you, so you position yourself in, in the place where you believe in, and rightfully so is the most important piece, centerpiece of the tech ecosystem. But what, what does it actually mean to serve customers and to be very intentional about that on a very practical and pragmatic level?
0: Um, I think we all need to become better listeners, right? So at the beginning, when you're just a startup, it's really about building the best product out there. I think, you know, when you're super, super small, and you just have a handful of customers that you're very attentive, you're listening to every single thing they say. And you're putting it right in and you have that like quick response time of and, and that's the energy of the startup. It's you you get the feedback, you put it in, you get the feedback you put it in, and 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 that creates a lot of good energy and a lot of growth and a lot of excitement. Um, I think as you grow as a company and the stuff that I deal with today at Akamai is how do you do that at scale, right? You don't have one or two, three yes. customers. You've got thousands of customers and and you know, companies that figure out how to do it well on a large, large, large scale. How do you take that same listening and the same feedback and and Put it in when the operation is much larger is a very difficult thing to do, and and to do it well.
1: And so more tangibly now, when we look at companies and we look at teams that are built around this idea of understanding the customers and, and being the front line for the customers, what, what what as a leader in that domain, what what have you learned? What what are some things that I, perhaps as a young entrepreneur, soon to be a young founder, really need to keep in mind as I go about you know, thinking about that aspect of my business?
0: Um, I think number one, listen more, talk less, right? So listen, listen, listen to what the customer is trying to tell you um, is super critical, no matter what size of business. Um, I think being genuine is also really, really important. Um, when, especially when stuff doesn't work as expected. so. St- Stuff doesn't always work well, Um, but being genuine about what you can do about the situation. I've certainly been in situations where we did blue screens of death for like a bank, like a whole bank just like went down. Right. And you can imagine those like really stressful customer situation where customers are really upset about whatever damage you've caused and whatever be there don't hide you've got to be front and center be responsible do the right thing. I think is the second more most important factor because customers will appreciate you for being genuine in the toughest situation um they 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 won't walk away when you're on the hook and when you're willing to go the extra mile and and do the right thing
1: it it doesn't sound you know trivial this thing this idea don't hide be there. You know, it, it's a it's a, it's a nice sentence, but it it it's far from trivial, especially when I'm imagining a situation like what you're describing here, where it's a you know a fight or flight, and the nature is to flight, and yeah. so
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's not fun to take that call from an angry customer. It really isn't. But that's your actually those are the make or break moments those are the make or break moments because if the customer knows that you're gonna be there for them in those worst moments possible, they know that they want that relationship longer term. Um, so so that's why though, and, and it's very easy to hide behind something, send an email, I, I don't know. It's always very easy to hide in those situations as opposed to just be there, take it all in, shut up and listen, right? <laughs> And really do find a way to do the right thing by the business whether you know whether it's free services whether it's putting more people on site whether whatever the situation is there's always a way to make it more right The the damage is always done the question is how do you make it right going forward
1: right and i can imagine that you know it's one thing to talk here in first person terms and saying this is how i approach these situations but at the end You know, in in a big organization, and especially as you have teams that are working with customers, it is often not necessarily the manager that gets the call. It can be any one of the people that are working in the team that gets this call. And you really want to make sure that, you know, the whole group is aligned for the same mentality and the same in the same mindset of being there and not to flee. Right. So I'm guessing that's even a much greater challenge than what we talked until now.
0: And as a leader, I think you've got to be there. The most senior leaders, some of the most, uh, the, the most amazing leaders I've worked for and respected are the ones that took the call at 3 a.m. their time when whatever happened, happened. And there is a hundred technical people on the line to fix it. But they're there as well, listening to, I don't know, whatever cert technology problem that they're going through just to make it known that they're there to oversee it and to do the right thing. And that sends a very important, strong message um, to customers.
1: Right, that makes a lot of sense. Tell me a little bit about your perspective on on the ecosystem. We, I introduced it in in one sentence. You rightfully so corrected my overstating of the, of the progress that we're making. Uh, there is progress. It's just very 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 slow, and it's it's probably slow enough for a lot of people to take credit and to congratulate the progress. But you're mm-hmm. right in correcting me that that's an illusion for what for where we actually are. So, Limol, give me a little bit of perspective and and help me understand a little bit better, what's actually happening?
0: So I have three girls. uh, And uh, as such, I'm very passionate about how do we open up the world of opportunity for for these girls? They're all teenagers today. And how do you change the landscape of diversity? Um, When when I joined Akamai, I joke, um, there were 10 men in the room. I had to present on whatever technology as part of my interview process. There were 10 men and literally, I, the first thing I said was, Hey, you couldn't find a single woman. It's just like, you know, for pretend we can have her sit here. And then, and I always joke that's why I got uh, the job. Um, fast forward six years later, we've changed a lot of things in how we do things that I'm super proud of, but it's very, very slow progress. Um, so um, I I really think there there is a Two two key elements that we need to change and do better at. One is the element of the pipeline coming in. Uh, we seem to think that oh, there's not enough women going into STEM and technology and all that. And I don't think that's the problem. Um, Akamai uh, founded the Akamai Technical Academy um, that I've been a huge supporter of. And what that academy does is take people with without any technical background and um, teach them the things they need to to know in order to do and join the company and do really well at the company. There's a Harvard business case around that, which I encourage Hmm. you to look up Um, phenomenal, phenomenal progress over the five um, probably five, six years that the company has done that. Uh, And today I actually manage a global team of a lot of ATA members that have grown into uh, such positions. So, Um, I think that's one area that where the technology sector as a whole can do more. It's not only about the pipeline and relying on the STEM and the sciences is how do we give certificates, do more and hire in in a different way. I don't think we need to hire a person that has a computer science degree to do all the roles that the technology company needs. There are plenty of roles that don't require that background and there are plenty of roles that we can teach people how to do so how do we do that better that's like one area and then the second area is how do we uh support the progression of women at the higher executive leadership positions from director to vp to to the executive suite because I I met a phenomenal woman at the, at this Women's Award event, and she had maintained like a forty five percent forty five to fifty percent ratio in her organization, and wow. I asked her how she did that. She was like, I, I was like, how did you get to 50 percent? That's like unheard of in our industry. So it was very simple. Um, she hired w- women leaders and kept growing them. Um, and that, that was her answer. That's all she did. She hired women leaders and kept growing them. So it kind of proliferated through the organization that, um, that kind of focus on diversity and giving more people a chance. So I think those are two areas where I think we can do more progress is made, but the progress is very, very, very slow. I think we're still at the 20 something percent, maybe 25. That's still not quite there. Uh, and there's a not quite 50. It's not 50, and we're 50% of the population. So it's it's Uh, 51. (laughs) You need to be the majority in high
1: tech. It's not even, (laughs) it shouldn't even be 50.
0: And those are the jobs of the future. I think that's the second element is there's so much opportunity there that we've got to make a change there. We've got to make a change there.
1: And I particularly like that that second statement because it resonates a lot to, to to a great case study that I that I read about, talking about venture capital and and founding teams and investing more in in female founders and in minority founders in general. And one of the one of the findings of the case study was that uh, the one of the real ways to just make it happen is. Is the real that the starting point is to have more females as managing partners of these funds it's not enough to to go to these you know uh, to to go to these guys that are managing the funds and say you should invest in more women and more minorities but having women and, and minorities in leadership positions from the get go growing them in the leadership positions helping them both inspire and help elevate other others uh, into that position i think i think that's remarkable What what do you really get excited about what really turns you on when you go to work either with customers or managing teams or or working with 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 uh, you know elevating people around the world what really gets you excited
0: um i think i'm just a passionate person uh in general and i for me like my latest passion is really this uh like this diversity angle, doing more in that and, and really growing people. I, I think maybe that's my biggest passion is just growing people, giving people the opportunity to grow. Um, and I'm lucky that I get to do that.
1: I I love it. What What would be one tip that I should take with me in this idea, in this world of growing people? You know, I aspire to be a good leader i aspire to have the privilege to to work with people uh, you know in an organization that i will help grow from very young what do i need to to intentionally do in order to help people grow alongside me
0: find their strengths find their strengths. I, I fundamentally believe that there are no kind of bad people or bad employees or what have you. I think there's usually just like a wrong mismatch, like a wrong fit to a specific position. Like someone's doing something they're just not intending to do. So when you think it. about people, you think about what are they really, really good at? What are they really good at? And then find those roles that are kind of fitting to their strengths.
1: I love it. Limon, thank you so, so much for coming on. I love this conversation and both hearing your own journey, but, but also gaining more perspective in the world of grown people and ecosystem in general. I have a few fun questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. All right. Number one, what was your favorite subject in school?
0: Math, math for sure. It's a very it. it's either right or wrong. It's very easy. There you don't have to guess. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love it. Uh, what who is one of your role models? Fictional or real?
0: Uh my husband. My husband okay, Asaf, He's tell my me more. high school sweetheart. Um Really? Yeah, so he is, uh, he is positive no matter what the situation. And he, like, I think that positivity is just so inspiring. To have positivity in your life is something really important. So he's my role model for sure.
1: I love it. And the final question it's not the most important one, but it is the, the hardest, I think, for a lot of people. What are three words that you would use to describe yourself?
0: Uh, My first one is passionate, which I think we talked about in this interview. Um, Genuine, for sure. Uh, You see what you get. There's not a lot beyond. And then uh, usually people tend to tell me I'm smart, so I'm going to go with that one. (laughs)
1: Limon. Thank you so, so much. Thank you so much, I, Michael. I'm taking a lot, a lot of lessons here for myself, and I'm sure this will be so enjoyable for so many people. So thank you for, for coming on and sharing your insights with me, and, and stay safe and stay healthy.